So the, the thing about this movie is my dad actually passed away like a month before it came out. And I remember sitting there holding my daughter while watching this scene, and my eyes are just pouring out. And, and this is such a biblical message. What we see here, they stole this straight from the Bible, honestly. But here's the thing. You are going to experience pain in this life. Welcome to Northridge, where we give you uplifting sermons every week. But you are. You are going to experience pain, and a lot of that pain that you experience will be out of your control. Jesus even says in John 16, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. You will. And a lot of times, it's not your fault. You get in a freak accident. Your body's damaged. Somebody you love betrays you. Now you're alone. Your company downsizes, and now you're without a job. Your wife decides that she or your daughter needs a cat, and all of a sudden, you have a cat. <laughs> there are things in your life that are beyond your control. The reality is, though, that, that some pain is within your control. You will have a choice between one type of pain or another. So you can choose, for example, the pain of obeying your parents now or the pain of consequences later. Parents, can I get an amen, right? You can choose uh, the, the pain of living within your means now or the pain of facing a, a mountain of debt later. You can choose the pain of living with your anxiety and fear or you can choose the pain of working your issues out with a counselor. You can choose the pain of studying for an exam today or the pain of retaking the class later. You get to choose your pain, and this is the thing that you need to understand. You must choose your pain. And what we're talking about today is choosing to do that next right thing, taking that next right step, choosing the right pain, choosing the pain of discipline over the pain of regret, the pain of finding a way out of that cave rather than staying in that dark place. And in order to set this up, I want to kind of walk through something that Paul says. So if you want to find your ways to Romans 7, that's where we're going to be. And what Paul says is so good um, because he makes me feel a little bit better about myself, and he sounds a little bit crazy, honestly, but this is what he says. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But that which I hate, I do. Like, how many of you feel this way? Like, I, I didn't want to eat all of this, but I did. I, I, I didn't want to do that, but I did. I do want to do this, but I didn't. And he says, why? And then fast forward with me a little bit, Romans 7, 24, he says this, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Oh man, I feel that like, like so often. Why did I do what I did? But then his tone changes and he says this, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The answer is Jesus. Jesus Christ, thanks be God. And what he's saying is, I want to do the right thing. I really, I really want to do the right thing, but I'm not. I'm not doing it. I feel so embarrassed. You would think by now I would have it all figured out, and I would be doing the right things, but I feel trapped in a cave with no way out. He says, thanks to God. 
The answer is not in me. It's not in me being better. It's not in me being stronger. The answer is Jesus Christ, my Lord. The key to our whole message today is that on our own, we are prone to making the wrong choices. But with the power of Christ, we will choose to do the next right thing. We will choose to live a more disciplined life. We'll do this because of Jesus, not because of anything that we can do on our own. But I love Paul's story because the same person who says this goes on, and you can see the transformation of him a couple years later. Go to 1 Corinthians 9, and he uses this metaphor of a race. He says, do, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? So run in such a way as to get the prize. It says, run to win. When you're running, you're not running for second place. You're running with every bit of your energy so that you can win. And I love this, this focus, this intensity, because uh, I am a little bit of a, a competitive person. Anybody else? So one of Lindy and Mai's first uh, fights was over a board game. Uh, young people in the room, here's a piece of advice. Never play Risk with your spouse. Um, because we were playing, and she kept making these choices that were allowing somebody else to win, and I kept giving her gentle advice on some ways she could play differently that would be better for everybody, and she was not taking my advice, and then this other person won, and it was an awkward night. I'm just saying. I play to win. What's the point of playing a game if you're not playing to win, right? I love what he says here. He goes on, and, and you can really see this contagious imagery. He says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Everyone competes, goes into strict training. If you want to win, what do you have to do? If you're taking notes, you have to choose what you want most over what you want now. If, what I want most is to be financially secure. What I want now is a brand new car. You have to choose what you want most over what you want now. If you want to get out of that cave, you have to choose to move, to want that more than you want to stay and wallow in your grief. And he goes on to say, they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And when your team wins, you get this cheap little trophy, maybe a ribbon, and someday you're going to throw that away, or your kids are going to throw it away when you pass away. It means nothing. But you and I, as believers, we run for something that matters. We run to win. We do it for the honor and glory of God and what he has given for us and what he's done in our life. That's why we run everything we do. We do it as unto the Lord, not for our human masters, but to glorify God. That's why we run. And I love this imagery that Paul's talking about, and he says this to his, his audience. And, and they would have known about this race, the Isthmian, Isthmian Games. It is basically the prequel to the Olympic Games. And what the athletes would do is they would go into strict training. For 10 months before, uh, they would no longer eat junk food or drink alcohol, and they would subject their bodies to, to extreme cold and shock, and they would train their bodies. 
The, the author of Hebrews even went so far as to use the imagery that you, you run the race that's marked out for you. And he says this, let us strap off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. In the same context, and in these races, like when the racers are running, they would run naked. They would take off everything that might keep them from winning that race. I love that imagery. And also, if I'm running, I don't want to be in second place. Just saying. But I got two questions for you. We, we are running to win a prize. What is that prize? And I want you to ask you, what do you want most? Like, what, what do you want most? Like, think about that. Some of you, uh, hopefully most of you, you, you'll recognize that what you want most is a deeper relationship with Christ. That, that that's what you want. Others of you might be to get in better shape, to lose 20 pounds, to stop smoking. Uh, others of you, it's, man, I'm done with debt. I'm ready to pay off these credit cards. Some of you, it's, it's I'm done having an okay marriage. I want a great marriage. I want intimacy. Whatever it is, I want you to, to name it in your mind. And, and be careful here because some of you are like, oh, man, I got, a, I got a lot of things I need to change. I need to stop smoking. I need to stop doing drugs. I need to stop gambling. I need to stop shooting people. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Here's the thing. I've been saying it all year, almost every sermon. Focus on one thing. Just, just one thing at a time because when you allow Christ to have the power in you to defeat one thing, then you have more power. He will give you more power to defeat the next thing. And it's a snowball effect as Christ continues to work on you and gives you victory in other areas. But the second application here is what do you need to choose now in order to achieve what you want most? What do you need to choose now? Because, because we are disciplined people. We are going to take that next right step. We're going to do the next right thing. What do you need to choose now to accomplish that? You're smart people. Like, if you want a closer relationship with Jesus, it's easy. You start to read your Bible more. That's where I started in high school. It's a great place to start. You decide that church is no longer optional. You decide that you are going to be with God's people in his house every single week. You are going to choose to join a community group where people can pour into you and challenge you and help you and walk alongside with you. You're going to choose to seek God first every moment of every day. You choose to do that next right thing. You want to get into better shape. What do you choose to do? You probably join a gym. You, you might need to get a, a trainer. Maybe get a home exercise system. You probably will have to go on a diet because a lot of it's going to be the carbs and the sugar. You probably need to eat more protein. You're going to start applying what you know. Why? Because you want something more than what you want right now. You're going to choose to do that next right thing. You, you say you want to have a great marriage. You're going to choose to date your spouse. You're going to go on dates. You're going to take care of them. You may have to go see a counselor and work on yourself. You may need to invite a counselor into your marriage to talk through some of the issues that you're having. You, you, you want to get out of debt. This, this one's also easy. You just join us for Financial Peace University next fall when we offer it. And for eight weeks, you're going to walk through how to be financially stable and, and get out of debt. Two months that could change your life. But, but you're going to say, that's hard. I don't want to sit there for eight weeks. Personal trainer is expensive. Praying is awkward. Counseling is expensive. 
Choose your pain. Like seriously, you have to choose your pain. You can choose the pain of discipline now, or you can experience the pain of regret later. Choose your pain. Back to Paul to help us through this principle, 1 Corinthians 9. Paul continues with this imagery of a race. And he says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from this prize. I strike a blow to my body. This is not natural for any of us. It's not natural for me. What, what I hope you understand is that there is never a moment in my life where I don't need Jesus. I need him every moment of every day. Without him, I'm like, Paul, I want to do the right thing, but I do the wrong thing. I don't want to do this thing, but I do it anyway. I need Jesus every moment of every day, and I need his power, and I need his strength. I need him when I'm weak. I need him when I've lost a parent. I need him when I cannot be for myself what I need to be because I am incredibly undisciplined. That's why I have accountability in my life because I need accountability in my life. I have structure in my life because I need structure in my life. I have people who pray with me and for me and ask me the hard questions because I need people in my life who pray for me and ask me those hard questions. Let me explain it to you like this. Um, did I ever tell you that I was a counselor? My undergrad was in counseling, not preaching, teaching, any of that. And, and while I was in counseling, it's incredibly useful in parenting and in being a pastor. But they talk about neural pathways, how your brain works, and it's Kind of like this, let me paint a word picture for you. Say what you want most is a beautiful yard. So you walk out of your front house and you got to your nice yard. And you, to get to your street, you kind of have to take your sidewalk over to your driveway and then walk down to the street. Now, the fastest way to get to the street is walking through the grass. So what I want now is to get to the street. What I want most is a beautiful yard. And so once I'm like, hey, I need to get to the street, so I'm going to walk through the grass. One time's not going to hurt anything, right? And so I walk through the grass. No harm, no foul, right? Grass is fine. And so the next day I come out, and I'm going to go back to the street. I'm like, you know, I didn't damage anything yesterday. It's all fine. I'm going to, I'm going to walk to the street again. And all of a sudden, you know, in your brain, you're getting a dopamine hit because you're doing something a little bit wrong, and it feels a little bit good. And so you take that path. And then the next day you take that path. And the next day you take that path. All of a sudden, one day you walk out of your house and there is a path worn through your beautiful yard. See, what you wanted most was a beautiful yard, but what you chose is what you wanted now. You wanted that quick hit, that quick fix to get from here to there quicker. What you wanted was a beautiful yard, but you don't have it because you chose the wrong choice. As disciples of Christ, you and I, we are going to be, choose to be disciplined. We are going to choose to be disciplined. I love that that root word is the same, disciple disciplined. We are going to choose what we want most over what we want now. When we walk out, we stop and say, what I want is a beautiful yard. I'm going to go that way, and I'm going to walk with disciplined steps. might take a little bit longer. might be a little bit more difficult, but I'm going to choose that. 
And, and can I just encourage you a little bit? It, this encourages me. When I was a young, naive pastor, what I really wanted to see, I wanted to preach a sermon, and I wanted to see massive life change. Like I wanted to see people change overnight. It doesn't happen. Do you know what I do see, though? I see tiny incremental changes as people, as you make changes and you look more like Jesus each and every day as you make those changes and you change and look like Christ. I see it in you. It happens. Can I describe it like this? My, my son was really struggling and feeling overwhelmed folding a bunch of clothes. And he's like, I can't do it all. There's too much. I said, you just do one more. And then you do one more. And then you do one more. And eventually the pile disappears. It's, it's almost like climbing a 14er. Do you guys know what a 14er is? We had these in Colorado. Um, it, it's these giant mountains. I think we got a picture. And this is Grays and Tories. And from here, like, it looks beautiful. It's not that hard, you know. But at some point, you get to a place like this. And it gets much steeper and much more difficult. And this is the place where most people give up. Most people just say, eh, I'm not, I'm not going to make it that far. What a disciplined person does is they take one more step, and they take one more step, and they take one more step, and your legs are burning and your lungs are aching, but you take one more step, and eventually you get to a view like this. And it's incredibly beautiful. And what you've achieved is amazing. Let me tell you how this plays out practically. I, I wanna buy this thing, and the quickest way between me and this thing is a mortgage or a loan or, or, or something. But what I want most is to be financially independent, where I can be generous for others. And so what I do is I choose the harder path of saving my money and waiting and being generous with what I have. And I choose what I want most over what I want now. And the more I do this, the more I create neural pathways. And, and so now I can say, hey, that's not what I do. I don't act like that old John anymore. And say, so why? I'm choosing the path that I know is right, even though it's harder. I'm choosing what I want most over what I want now. And here's the key. What I tell myself every day is that Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires. I'm telling myself that I am disciplined, that I'm going to take that next right step no matter what happens. And I've got new neural pathways. Like, like this is science catching up with the Bible because Jesus literally renews your mind. That's what it's talking about. No longer do I think in a sinful pattern, but I have the mind of Christ. Not me, but Christ in me is stronger than wrong desires in me. And this is so important. This is what Paul says. The same guy who says, I want to do what's right, but I can't. Who can help me? Is Christ. It's Christ in you that can lead you. This is why I run the race. This is why. Now, here's what's really important. Don't miss this. What did you say that you wanted most? What, what was that thing that you said? Think about it. What do you need to choose to do today to make that happen? Because here's the thing. If you do not do something now about that which you want most, it is most likely going to become your greatest regret. Let me say that again so you feel it. If you do not do something now about that thing that you want most, it will most likely become your deepest regret. And I don't know about you, but I refuse to live as someone with regret. 
I, I refuse to be that father that says, man, I wish I could go back in time and spend more time with my kids. I, I refuse to be that husband that says, man, if I could only have gotten my lust in check, I wouldn't have wrecked my marriage. I, I refuse to be that old man in retirement, like, man, if I hadn't bought so many things and toys, I wouldn't be worried about money now. I refuse to live with regret. And so every day, I live with purpose. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. And the bottom line is this, we all have a choice. And with the help of Christ, we will choose to do the next right thing. With the help of Christ, we will. You have a choice. And for, to, for some of you, today is the moment everything changes. Today is the moment that you choose to take that next right step, to do that next right thing, to do that next right choice. You're, you're walking out that door, and you're going on the sidewalk. Why? Because if I can just stay off that grass just a little while, God will make it regrow. Because God is a redeeming God. So I run with purpose every single step. And God is renewing the places that I have trampled and ruined. He is renewing my mind and changing my neural pathways. Because I choose to be a disciple of Jesus and I choose to be disciplined. As a disciple, we choose discipline over regret. God, we pray. God, we pray right now that you renew our minds God, with the power of your Holy Spirit, that we lean into you to choose to do that next right thing. God, that we choose to follow your light out of the cave. God, that we choose to allow you to redeem our past, to heal that path in the yard that was never meant to be there. God, we, we choose discipline over easy. We choose you over regret. It's in your name we pray. Amen.